0: Hello and welcome to episode 334 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Kyle Martin, comics creator and part of Future Zero now on Kickstarter. This is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co host Noah. Hey there. Kyle, we're so happy to, to have you on. Uh, normally what we do to, to kick off an interview is we ask for two things. We ask for a, a quick bio about yourself and then an elevator pitch for this awesome book that's on Kickstarter.
1: Okay, well, I'm Kyle Martin. I'm based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And I design collectibles by day and uh, draw pictures by night. And so right now on Kickstarter, uh, uh, A week ago, I launched a comic called Future Zero, and it's, I say it's Dragon Ball meets Hellboy crossed with a Happy Meal, (laughs) and it's the fighting of Dragon Ball, the mythology and monsters of Hellboy, and like a Happy Meal, you get a little something extra in each issue. Also, it's heavily influenced by the 80s and the 90s because I was
0: born in the late 80s very cool. Uh could yeah, are you could you talk a little bit about the the collectibles you uh designed by Dag?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so actually uh when I so the, this comic is tied into the collectibles. I, I don't know if that's the right word because I was actually writing the stories the the story of Future Zero while I designed the collectibles cuz they're all based on old like I mentioned there – or did I mention yeah, I mentioned it that they're based on old stories and mythologies. And I just didn't want them to be like people buying figures that like had no character, you know, they're just kind of empty vessels. I wanted, I wanted them to all have souls. So while I was designing, um, the, so it's called Smashcraft. And uh, while I was designing these, I was also writing their stories and um, I wanted to, do the figures first and develop this world about how all these mythology and old stories we all are familiar with, familiar with, excuse me, would work together if they all lived on the same planet. And so that, that's kind of what I do by day is, well, that's, that's the, the favorite thing I do by day is design collectibles like Smashcraft. But I've also done uh, if you look up cottage garden wands, on the amazon i've designed some uh, wands like harry potter style wands and uh snow globes and
2: all kinds of stuff that's so cool did you so i I read on the kickstarter that you have a graphic design background yeah yep was your focus in college like you know package design and things like that because that's like you've got like Funko Pop level, like sleek designs on these figures. And, you know, uh...
1: not really. I wasn't a very good student at the time. <laughs> Cause, so I, I used to, if you read my bio on the Kickstarter, I used to tour in a band. Right. So I, did, I quit school and toured for five years, toured the US in a band called Same as Sunday. And uh, then once the band was over, a couple years after it was over, I went back to school. But by then I was working full time and for half of that, I was doing an internship while working full, full time. So it was crazy. And uh, yeah, I wasn't a very good designer cause I was uh, being pulled in too many directions with work and an internship and everything. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess, uh, I guess I, I developed some design skills over time. So I was, before I did the collectibles, I was uh, designing um, just like art to go in frames and stuff. So I, I don't know if that like laid the groundwork for me to do the Smashcraft packaging or what. or If, if I'm just super interested in something, I, I kind of go next level. I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't consider myself a good designer.
2: I would. You're pretty awesome. Yeah, from what I've seen, at least. So w- when you were designing Smashcraft, and I see that, like, you know, you have a picture of yourself up there at conventions selling the figures. Mm-hmm. W- were there people asking you about the story? Or did you have the story always in the back of your mind while you were selling these characters and telling people about it while you're selling them the figures? Or well, I- I'm yeah, just curious about that.
1: It was more of a... The one i would get a lot a lot was either they would say you should make a video game of this Hmm. or this should be a comic and i was like well funny thing is i'm working on a comic it's just not ready yet and so yeah but i i have had some people ask about them and i always get a little nervous because there's some tried and true mythology fans and and i kind of loosely based them on their old stories and so if, if something's off, they might call me out on it and say, Hey, you can't, you shouldn't do that or something like that. But usually they, they just say, Oh man, uh, Thor has red hair. I like seeing <laughs> stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I was, um, I kind of, what I get from the the Kickstarter, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're just using these archetypes and having fun, smashing them together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah yeah i like to take like like not necessarily always the case but like go as far away from what you're familiar with as possible but you still know who they are yeah i and
2: that's that's so cool and you're and you're also not like uh I I like that you brought up, you know, the 80s and things and and all your like influences in your elevator pitch. And you you bring it up on the Kickstarter as well, because like you take the silhouettes of the characters from mythology and then, you know, you put this great like He-Man spin on them. And uh, that's got to be fun, more fun to draw than like if you were trying to be uh, historically accurate, you know. or or something like that or or, you know lore accurate I guess is a good way of saying it
1: yeah I I try like stuff like this I try to make it as fun for me as possible so like uh, with Little Red um, you can probably also see some Nintendo influence I'm a big Mario fan so like them wearing the headdresses is almost kind of like in Mario when you get a power up and he turns into a cat or mm-hmm. uh, a raccoon, or what, whatever, or a frog, you know. And uh, so I like with Little Red, I was I thought I'm a bit also a big uh, Studio Ghibli fan, and uh, so I took some inspiration from Princess Mononoke, and I thought, well, well, I I took the wolf from her story, and made it a wolf spirit that she wore around her as like a protective cape, and just.
0: I like doing stuff like that. Nice. That's awesome. So you mentioned that, um, you know, you, you draw, you know, sort of at night, is this the, the first time you've ever sort of sat down to sort of do sequentials in in the form form of a comic, was there any, you know, attempts um, early on or, or, you know, this is the first time you really got serious about it.
1: If you look at, uh, the Kickstarter, you, there's a part that says uh, bonus comics. So those were, I mean, I, I had dabbled in some, some rough drafts for years, but those were the, the first ones I actually put pen to paper, and they're a bunch of one-page gag comics. So, um, yeah, I've done a few comics before, just not long form.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of the advice that you get is, is to, to start small and uh, a one page comic, even if it's a, it's a, is a gag comic, it's, it's, it's a, there's a skill and to be able to tell, tell a story in, in one page. Uh, did you, did you find that challenging? Did you find it sort of, uh, you know, uh, you, know you, you really had the focus like, all right, you know, I got this much real estate. I kind of have to have sort of, beginning, middle, and end punchline? Like, was it a challenge or was it something that was uh, something that you looked at as, uh, you know, let me, let me focus on my, my story craft here.
1: Yeah. I, I think the, the biggest challenge for me was, so I did I think 10 or 11 of them. There's one, where it has two of them. So I think I did 11 of them. And I, I was, I think the biggest challenge for me was one was, did the punchline hit or not? And, um, just making 11 distinct ones with different jokes, you know, so it didn't mm-hmm. feel like you were, I don't know, they were riffing on each other, you know?
0: Did you have any inspiration from sort of like, uh, you know, grow, you know, being influenced by like eighties and nineties stuff, you know, that's going to be sort of the, we're still going to have like paper newspaper strips coming out like that. Were you inspired by anything like that? You know, there's also a skill, sort of those Calvin and Hobbes that maybe tell a story in, in, in three panels. Was there anything that you really liked uh, growing up that might have been an influence there?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, I really cut my teeth on Garfield growing up. Nice. And uh, yeah, which which is crazy. The first time I decided I wanted to make comics was. In 2014, when uh, a guy named Gary Barker, who's worked for Marvel, and I think he mainly works for Boom in more recent years, but basically, so Garfield was created by Jim Davis, and then the next guy to work under him is a guy named Gary Barker, and he's been working for Paul's Inc., Jim's, uh, Garfield's company, since 1982, I believe, and, uh... So yeah, I, I got to meet that guy, and I, I saw a bunch of his like art in person. I thought, Man, I want to do that. And so you're ten years later, finally putting pen to paper.
0: Yeah. that's and, awesome. And was your you know, was your art I, process I started making
1: a name for myself on Instagram and TikTok? With which is kind of come back to haunt me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I started. Making a name for myself for doing Charlie Brown crossovers with like pop culture and stuff, and so now when I post stuff that's not that, people are like, eh, I don't <laughs> give me more Charlie Brown, which I understand, but you know, kind of it's kind of a bummer because those aren't my characters, you know.
2: Well, that's that's me with my with you. You did a drawing of Crad for Cosmic Caveman, and you were like, yeah, here's my comic, and I'm like, well, it's not Crad. Oh, I don't want to draw. I don't want to back this Kickstarter. Uh, I'm joking. I
0: backed it. It's awesome. So, well, I appreciate yeah. that. that means a lot. Yeah. With your influences and sort of the the time frame of you uh, you growing up, did you start off uh, drawing, you know, pen on paper? And as you know, things have progressed, uh, gone to digital. What's what was your sort of creative journey there?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I. I kept trying to go digital about when I went back to school in 2013. I uh, I bought, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Wacom tablets, Wacom, I don't know how you say it. But uh, I bought one of those and it didn't have a screen on it. So there was always a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make the jump then. And then I bought another one. With the screen on it, so you're actually drawing on a screen, and it still didn't feel right. But I, found, I at the end of 2018, I bought a uh, iPad, and since then, I've um, really enjoyed drawing digital.
0: Yeah, that's a story we're that's a story we're hearing a lot lately. Um, just the the convenience of it, the the functionality of it, um, and the you know, the, the feedback I guess you get from, from the Apple Pencil is as close as you can get to a, uh, you know, a real sort of pen on paper, pencil on paper drawing experience.
1: Yeah, that, that's what sold it for me was how much it, like like the slick surface was a little weird to get used to, but that took a couple days. But the the way the, it left the lines on the pad seemed accurate to using a
2: pencil and paper.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Noah, do you have a do you have a question for Kyle?
2: Um, yeah. So this is uh, this first issue is forty pages long. Um, what's your What's your creative process like? Do you Did you map it out like the all forty pages? Did you outline it, or did you just start drawing and arrive at forty pages? Obviously, I mean, it's a perfect number because it's a multiple of four. So, I'm guessing you probably outlined it. But I'm just curious. Yeah. What What's your creative process like?
1: That's, that's actually uh, 40-ish pages, I should have said. It, it's going to okay. be at least 40 pages, but probably more.
2: Oh, nice. I mean,
1: because uh, I want the, the, the main story to be, be at least 32 pages. There'll be several pages for the art gallery, which will be in the very back of the book. And then at least eight pages of those, uh, what I call Mighty Little Myths and Monsters, which is the in-world comic of future zero which are gag comics of all the the gods and monsters of future zero
0: Mm -hmm. nice and that's going to be a good value for for anybody who who backs this you know you get a marvel and dc comic you're you're going to get 20 to 22 pages here you're going to get a lot more than that so that's that's one of the great things about indies
1: yeah that's what i'm hoping people understand i don't i don't know if it's Coming across that way, maybe I need to push that a little bit more, but
0: yeah, I mean. Um, so are you as sort of the, the, you know, the sole creative power behind this? Do you, uh, do you, do you thumbnail, uh, plan it out um, or where do you figure out most of the, the layout and, and how you want the pages? Is it, is it in that thumbnail stage? Is it maybe in some digital pencils? Where does the page really sort of come together for you?
1: Um, I, I can, I'm kind of all over the place, really. Sometimes I I will thumbnail it, and if it has a good flow, all uh, that'll work for me. Sometimes if it's there's there's one main image I really want to capture, and then I'll I'll build it around that. If that makes sense, yeah. It just depends on if it's like an action page or what have you
0: yeah um and i i have a, a kind of a follow-up question there and then I'll, I'll kick things over to noah so do you have days where like certain things don't seem to to, to be working so maybe like the the inking is is working better and the, the or the coloring is working better that day do you or do you go like hey i gotta do you know x number of pencils and then i'm going to shift over to, to x number of pages of, of of inks or do you just sort of shift around to like what's ever working for you that day
1: yeah i, I definitely bounce to whatever's working sometimes i really struggle with color it, it's i don't know what what's going on but i'm just putting these colors down i'm just like man nothing nothing looks right and then i'll go back to inking and then i'll back bounce the, Or bounce back to the color I was working on, and I'm like, "Well, it doesn't look as bad as I thought it did." I think I just sometimes you're just staring at it too long, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of creative advice to sort of. um, I'm a huge Stephen King uh, fan, and I think in his on writing book, he talks about you know when you finish sort of a manuscript or a draft to sort of put it in a drawer. You know, and come back to it in like two to three days with a almost with a set of fresh eyes, and the thing that you might have been critical about that, you know, two days, three days ago, you, with new with a new set of eyes and a new perspective, you might go, "All right, there's some stuff here I can use," or the stuff that here that I thought really wasn't working is is, is working. So it sounds like you sort of have a process that, like, you know. You didn't think those colors were working that day. Go work on something else. Go look at it and realize, hey, you know, there's there's some stuff here that I could use. It wasn't as, as bad as I, as I thought.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, when I do stuff for work, I always tell them, hey, you know, I you got to give me, like, if they'll let me, I'll say, hey, I I designed these. Now, give me a week to think about them or a break, week break from them, you know, come back to them in a week and we'll see how we feel with them. Yeah. Also believe. Um, so, of, what is it getting a getting an entire script or rough draft out, and you know, with with the knowledge that you're not gonna probably not gonna use that rough draft, but you got to get it out of your
2: system.
0: Yeah, for sure. Noah, right. uh, next question.
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, kind of on the the creative path, but not. But a little off of it, um, do you uh, do you find that like when you do get your stride, are you able to get like a page a day done kind of thing? Like you know, not necessarily like all pencils, inks colors, but uh, are, do you work pretty fast? Or when you when a page composition comes together, um, how long does it up, How long does it take you?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I, I'm kind of it depends. I'm kind of all over the place some days like i'll just nail some anatomy on the because you know there's humans and or humans are human-like creatures and all a lot of my panels so there's some days where i'll nail the anatomy and the other days something seems off especially when you're doing like an action pose
2: but Do you like the action pages more than say like a dialogue page uh you have this great like uh sequence with thor and um oh what's her name i can't remember athena thank you And, and there's this great like you know obviously like build up to the fight scene the fight's really like you know uh kinetic and everything like that but the dialogue is really fun like the panels on that are really fun too but are you just sort of like you have fun drawing all of it um yeah what what what's the most fun for you page wise um
1: i think i i feel like i like all of it like like nice uh, it's really fun to see how like an action shot will come out because you're like is this gonna turn out like i'm picturing it in my head and you know is it gonna convey the the oomph you know behind the punch or whatever action they're doing but also it's it's fun for me to just work with each character's expressions between their dialogues and uh so i I really like uh i mentioned earlier i really like dragon ball and a lot of them will be close-ups of just framing their head and their shoulders and um, I don't know. I feel like it, it brings a lot of energy and charisma to the panels.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's awesome to hear because, yeah, the, those pages are super fun. Um, yeah. While you're drawing, do you have, like, things like Dragon Ball on in the background? Or are you, like, you know, do you have to listen to music or podcasts or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I usually have some something on, uh, I was trying to watch Dragon Ball recently while I was drawing, but I don't know what is up with Funimation. Maybe it's just that the, I was using it on a PlayStation. Maybe it's my PlayStation and the app. It always freezes up like every three seconds, but yeah, I always have something like that sometimes. So I have, I have a really old iPad and all, the uh, put that on the armrest on my couch for reference images. And I have my, my nice iPad I use, and then I'll have something on the TV, depending on what I'm working on. Sometimes when I'm like designing a, a new character or something, I'll be on a computer with, I don't know, 10 tabs, open 20 tabs with, with a bunch of different images I'm looking at looking at
0: just trying mm-hmm. to generate some ideas. That's I've awesome. Cool. Have, have,
1: have, it seems like recently it's usually a sitcom I have in the background.
2: I've been watching sitcom breakdowns lately. Like, people, I found this one guy who just does a video, like an hour and a half long video essays breaking down sitcoms. And um, <laughs> it'll just be even for shows I don't watch. And I just have it on in the background. But, you know, last year I got into a good groove, like having Seinfeld on and things like that um that's, that's yeah
1: i still need to watch I, I tried a couple times made it i think i've made it like a season in i finally i finally watched friends which being my age it's like an unforgivable sin <laughs> I, I hadn't seen friends until this year
2: yeah i I've, I've i think a couple of years ago when i was working on a comic for matt i, I would i would binge friends uh, or cheers or something like that. And yeah, sitcoms are great to have on the background. Like, they don't get you depressed. That's the nice thing. It's like, it's good background stuff.
1: Yeah, and you, you don't have to worry yeah. about missing important story elements. You just, you know, catch a funny gag every here and there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, on the, on the Kickstarter, and we talked about this earlier, this is, uh, a, you know, a 40 plus page oversized first issue. Um, Do you currently sort of have the the whole story mapped out or is this sort of like you're going to take the story where it goes and, you know, wherever you find a conclusion, that's that's where you're going to be? Or is there like a story Bible for you at this point?
1: Uh, No story Bible. I have the beginning and the end of the first issue. It's just filling in some small pieces in the middle. Nice.
0: So um, I'm going to switch things over to the crowdfunding talk in, in a second, but uh, I don't want to leave the, the creative stuff. If, if Noah has a, a question for us.
2: Um, no, my, my, my next question involves the, the Kickstarter as well. So please go ahead, Matt.
0: Well, why don't you lead us off since you, you have your question ready to go.
2: Yeah. I, I was curious about um, how the connection with um, Simone Diarmani worked out because I'm a huge fan of, spider king as well i read that as it came out um how, how did you make that connection for the the variant cover
1: you know i just started emailing my favorite artists and thought heck if, if they get back to me that'd be awesome and he was the one that, oh, oh, i know what happened he had put out recently he's been putting out hey i have commissions open and so I think he put out one that said for June and July. And I was like, Hey, could you do this? How much would it cost? And he gave me a price. I was like, awesome. And I was like, well, how, will you do a pinup too? And he said, yeah, I, I kind of nice. want to get, do another character to be honest, but I'm hemorrhaging. I've been hemorrhaging money at this point. with All the different people I've mentioned.
2: Yeah. I know how that feels. Um, but, it's awesome and he's so good um yeah and then that main cover is that that's his, your your art's the main cover though right yeah. your your art yeah, yeah that he, that cover is awesome
1: he he finished his before mine and i was like oh man that's a lot <laughs> to live up to
2: and he colored it and everything yep that's amazing uh, yeah but yours is actually, awesome it was, though it
1: was a good price if uh if if it weren't for the conversion rates,
2: right? Yeah, uh, Matt and I work with a lot of artists overseas. Um, specifically, one I'm close with, uh, our, our good friend Ertan, he's in Turkey, and that's sort of what I think gets both of us right, Matt. Like, is, is the conversion, um,
0: um, on those, on on the, on like on that rate. Um, yeah, there's yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah, there's been a, a few times where uh, we've had to sort of readjust, or you know, the initial the initial dollar amount that we sent out was was not quite exactly there, but usually we're, we're able to figure it out. So, so I'm looking at the the Kickstarter page, and for somebody's first Kickstarter, I'm really impressed by the the design yeah. of the page um did you look at other campaigns and sort of try to uh reverse engineer what they did or was this just due to your your you know your day job and your skill with uh you know graphic design and, and creating images that that sort of all came together or maybe a combination of the two uh
1: i, I would say it's, it's more so i was looking at some successful ones my my biggest inspiration was definitely uh which was the first, I don't know, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but the first, I guess it was the first time I was really uh, impressed by a Kickstarter was uh, back in 2016, Jake Parker launched a comic book, like a full uh, graphic novel, of a comic called Skyheart. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have seen that.
0: I, I'm familiar with, with Jake's work. I'm not quite, I, and I think I've heard him talk about the, the book, but I, I didn't actually, you know, see the design of the Kickstarter or anything, but uh, okay. no, that sounds really awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good book too. And uh, um, just the layout of his was, was a big inspiration. So he, he did his by just some characters in his book. And I was like, well, I'll introduce mine as kingdoms. Cause I really want emphasis on that. There's, you know, the, the, there's these different types of cities and kingdoms and uh, the planet of Future Zero. So, yeah, he, he was the main one. Uh, there's another one. I'm trying to think. I looked at uh, some by Derek Laufman and Laufman. I'm not sure how you say his name. And, and uh, a guy named Ben Bender had a good-looking page, too. He has a, a book called Bjorn about a a Viking and a troll, the littlest Viking, I think is what it's called.
0: Oh, awesome. Very and cool. And I'm looking, it says Game, that says uh, that,
1: I looked at that one too.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, that, that, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun for, for us. Um, and that was sort of Noah's first time as the, uh, the, the writer. So um, that was, yeah, we, we enjoyed the cosmic caveman uh, kickstarter um oh, yeah. so i see i see that from you from your profile and we talk about this this being your your first time creating um did you talk to anybody about sort of the 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 ups and downs of uh, running a kickstarter Was did you have any buddies that you could say hey i'm getting ready to hit the the launch button what what should i expect or, you know is it anybody do you have as a, as a sounding board or anything like if you get a little stressed about things uh how are you handling it
1: uh it's been a, so the, the launch wave has died down. So it's been a little stressful the past couple of days. But I I think Noah's the only one I asked a couple of questions. I, I listened to Jake Parker's podcast at, uh, called um, Three Point Perspective, and they had mm-hmm. a really good episode on Kickstarter. And I thought, well, all three of these guys on that podcast i have had several very successful Kickstarters. So they'd be good ones to listen to. And then another one, I don't remember the name of the podcast, but it had a woman who uh, works for in the comic division, or maybe it's just the books division of Kickstarter. And so she was giving advice on it. And those were kind of my main, Main main two things I listened to maybe a couple of YouTube videos and just studying what all the other kickstarters were like.
0: Yeah. Did anybody prepare you for the sort of the the dreaded uh, middle uh, slow period?
1: I yeah I I heard about that and now I'm feeling it. Because I'm like oh, man, I haven't had a backer in a day. Now I'm sweating. But suppose you'll get um, past it. The end yeah. gets really good again. I'm hoping. Yeah yeah, yeah and, and
2: your your design is so good on this kickstarter and the characters and everything like that it, it's going to get funded
1: yeah I, yeah I really hope so because i got a, a lot of fun things planned and it would it would be a, a lot easier on me if it was funded
0: yeah um are you looking at any sort of the the, the analytics that the kickstarter is, is giving you you know one of the things that uh Sort of comforts uh, Noah and I is to sort of keep track of all the people who have the the campaign saved that haven't uh, come over yet for that sort of that last three to two day to two day rush. Are are you looking at stuff like that? Uh, I
1: don't know if I saw one. That. Is, is that you mean like followers?
0: Yeah, there could be people who are following the project and they'll they'll get an email, um, you know, in the last forty eight hours, the last twenty four hours from Kickstarter saying, hey, that. That campaign that you saved is, is in its last day, its last two days. So that also leads to that sort of last minute rush.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think only 29% of my followers have converted so far. So if the other, or 29%, if the other 61 per or 71% converted, that would, or even, you know, 50, 60% of that, that'd be great
0: yeah um so what uh what are your i I, you know i i found you on on instagram today but uh what are your what are your platforms of of choice for for marketing yourself
1: uh instagram has been my main one recently i really didn't do uh social media much till 2020 when i had some charlie brown stuff take off on tiktok so I have a lot of followers at TikTok, but none of them watch my videos if it's not Charlie Brown. So I guess, yeah, Instagram, TikTok, and I dabble with Twitter a little bit.
0: Yeah, it seems, uh, and certainly one of the the co-hosts here um, that's an artist, it seems that the art folks seem to defer to uh, Instagram as their... method of choice to display you know what they're working on um so yeah we, we've heard that about it it's, ig is the the choice for for art artists and stuff it's like a real, that the real
1: shame they they kind of are kind of trying to force us to do reels because i don't know i always thought it was great that you just scroll through and you look at these pictures and that's what it was for yeah um, watch yeah reels, i'd get on TikTok.
2: It's, it's amazing and, the, and that's only been in the last three years really because i i think i hit it I, I i'm not real i'm not good at posting regularly matt's the better one at doing that on all social media which i think is something i i admire. but it takes a lot of energy out of me yeah
1: it's exhausting uh,
2: it is and it's but i feel lucky because i met people like clint before that took that became a thing the reels idea so i kind of I had sort of started building a network of people before that. And that's sort of just how I kept up with a lot of comic artists, especially during the pandemic. It was really nice because I wasn't seeing people at conventions to sort of just see what they were doing, Mm -hmm. um, what they're posting on Instagram. But now, yeah, like if you're trying to grow your awareness, it's really, it's really difficult. So I do, you know, yeah, but, I think it's good to have it. It's good. Instagram is very community driven, though, which is sort of why I love that. I met Clint, and you know, he introduced me to you, which was great. And you know, that's sort of like what I love about it. Is and then we all get to sort of know each other through through our art, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, do you guys go to a lot of conventions?
2: Not as much this year, but usually, yeah.
0: Yeah, East Coast, um, we're, we're on the, 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 mid-Atlantic sort of, uh, DC, Maryland, uh, Virginia. Um, so, you know, we have cons in, in Baltimore, uh, we make it down to North Carolina. Um, yeah, we're generally, at, what would we say? No, like two to three, uh, a year.
2: Okay. Yeah. I, I think last year was like our big year. We had like five or six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and usually that I think this year will probably be three, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, if but what about you? Do you, you, that you, way.
1: I haven't been. Yeah. Yet. I usually do. I so saw I'm from Indiana, so I kind of been sticking to the Midwest. And hopefully I'm going to branch out some more next year because my shows have been pretty good this year.
2: That's awesome. Mostly, do you, do you make a lot of, um, Do you find that your art sales are are, are more than your like figure sales or is it, is it kind of equal? So
1: I've, I've been strictly figures this year. Oh, awesome. And uh, yeah, the, yeah, the figure sales have been more profitable than, well, not more profitable. It's brought in more money, but you know, selling prints when, you know the, the price to print them compared to what you sell them for, the markup is crazy. Yeah. Whereas you know figures, it's not quite as good, but I do make more uh, off the figures.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I mean, it's, uh, to just to, if anyone's listening, the figures are really affordable on the Kickstarter. Um, would you like I uh, you know would you? Yeah, talk a little bit about how they're made and like what they're made out of because I know they're hand-painted um are they, are they acrylic or are they are they um vinyl
1: they're resin so they resin got, thank you yeah when you pick them up they got a real nice weight to them and uh, they were hand sculpted and painted and yeah I did did all the design work on them. I design the packages the, the characters and all that stuff
2: that's amazing that's awesome and you package them yourself?
1: No, they're, they're made in a, a factory.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so I, I send them all my art, and we go back and forth. And I said, yeah, I like it. No, I don't like it. And I keep going until they get annoyed with me, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty
2: good. <laughs> that sounds like, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's a lot of work, but from where I'm sitting, that's so freaking cool. Uh, Yeah, yeah.
1: it's, uh, I told, I was telling somebody, like, you know, you you grow up and then, like, stuff like Christmas and that, and stuff just doesn't have the same feeling anymore. I mean, it's still good, but it doesn't have that feeling you get when you're a kid. I was like, that's the first time as an adult it felt like Christmas morning for me. It was really, really cool. Like, when they, when the, it was when we Finally got them in, the, in fully in their box and everything because they sent uh, um, some samples out of box. But when I got to see them in the package and everything, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I just said, I just stood there and stared at them for it had to be I don't know half an hour, just looking at them, turning the boxes around. Mm. Little kid,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool, and hopefully, uh, pretty soon you get to have that same experience with uh, with a box of uh, comics showing up to to your door. Yeah, no kidding. Oh yeah.
1: because of I plan to print uh, a thousand of them, so I was just thinking, how many boxes would that be that would show up on my doorstep?
0: Uh, that'd be a good. I think like a good two to three sounds like. So um, That's as, we, awesome. as, as we close up here, Kyle, um, you know, you mentioned your, your IG, um, do you want to, do you want to give that out? And we'll, we'll link that in the, in the show notes here. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just Kyle Martin art on all
1: my social media.
0: Very cool. Um, so we're going to have a link to that. And we'll also, like I said, we're going to have a link to the, the Kickstarter, um, now you gave us the uh, the elevator pitch, but as we wrap up, let's uh, let's talk a little, a little bit more about the the book that's on Kickstarter.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: what what part should I
0: talk about? Well, you you gave us the you know you gave us the elevator pitch. Um, you know it's you know Dragon Ball Z meets all these cool things. You know you're 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 playing with mythology. You want to just. You know, talk about that kind of stuff because I think that would get people really excited for this book.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm a big Hellboy fan too, which I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you guys read Hellboy at all? Oh yes. yeah. So you know all those characters. You got Hellboy, but then you have the BPRD, but then you also Abe has his own comic, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Lobster Johnson, and. I think there's more but i can't think of them so that's what i'm trying to do with uh my characters too a little in a little bit of a different way but uh so the idea is you know you got asgard so i'll be able to tell separate stories with thor and loki and odin and then one i really want to tell stories about is dracula and because uh, i made him young so he He's actually Dracula Jr., so he goes to high school in <laughs> Pennsylvania, and so I could I think I could tell some fun stories with him. So yeah, that has to have uh, like an over-arching story of all these characters, but also, you know, every now and then I can tell these fun stories, you know, like a single issue of Dracula, uh, Little Red Riding Hood.
0: who. Very cool. Well yeah, I'm looking at the a lot
1: of time in, in the first issue,
0: but awesome. Well I'm looking at the, the Kickstarter now and you know we're recording this um, you know sort of early August and it looks like you you uh the last day for your campaign is Thursday, August 31st, 2023. Uh so um we want to encourage everybody to sort of get in here and in and and back early. Um, cause I think, uh, I'm scrolling down here and, you know, you'll probably promote this, you know, when you get there, but, uh, there looks like there are stretch goals too, right? So the quicker people act, the, uh, the earlier those can be, uh, unveiled.
1: Yep. Yep. And, uh, so it's not a stretch goal, but I'm going to add a, a fourth cover that I'm doing. So, um, I'm going to do a cover in, in my chibi style too the, the mighty little and monsters versions of them cool so i get, I guess you could think like a, a scotty young variant nice who he is but you know
2: my style very cool yeah i was i thought it was scotty young at first to some of those chibi stuff it's really good not like oh, really? you know yeah yeah i was like i was like oh wow you got scotty young too that's awesome <laughs> um and okay, also so but you you a big, got a
1: big big compliment
2: Oh yeah, but then you got the next best thing coming up. Uh, you've got a pinup by Clint, um, also. Yeah, that's about to. That's going to be in the book. That's going to um, be exciting too.
1: Did he tell you about that one at all?
2: No, I just saw his name on the Kickstarter, and he hasn't told me about what it is. I'll have to ask him about it. Okay. Um, but I'm not cracking the whip on Cosmic Caveman. I'll I'll ask him about his his Future Zero <laughs> pinup.
1: Yeah, I think I think I asked him about doing the pin up before uh your your guys's kickstarter launched and then it launched and i was like oh man I'm not <laughs> but he said he could do it
2: oh he'll do it he's you know he's yeah, he's got a good work ethic and he'll get it done fast and it'll be
0: awesome
1: yeah he, he's doing uh, he's doing a few characters so
0: oh awesome yeah nice well, awesome. Well, Kyle, it was great to to meet you and and talk about this book. I'm I'm really excited uh, for it, and I just want to encourage everybody to go and and check it out. Um, there's going to be a couple of other Kickstarter links in the show notes. There will be a Kickstarter link for Cthulhu Invades Neverland. Uh, that's a book that Noah and I are both part of. That is in Kickstarter. On Kickstarter right now, and it's uh it's in its final week to, to 10 days. There's also going to be a pre-launch link for future tales of sci-fi, and that's launching uh mid-August 2023. Again, Noah and I are part of that, and there will be a link to Dying Days from Red Five Comics. Um, for previews uh, that's a comic created by me and lettered by noah so there's going to be some links there Um, if you want to follow our podcast we are on twitter and that is at construct Pod. instagram is constructing comics pod and facebook is constructing comics just want to thank everybody for listening please be nice to each other be safe and go out there and make some comics thank you